Hey, everybody, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. My name is Andy, and uh, what did what did I say last week? 116? So, <laughs> I think you know, so, or 17, like, maybe. Oh, yeah, something like that, yeah. I'm not going to look it up right now. But anyway, yeah, like a little bit further than she used to be to my southwest is Megan. Hello. Maybe today I'm like leaning forward a little more, so I'm closing the gap. Yeah, yeah. Megan, I've I've joined you in a suburban life, um, just in like different suburbs. And uh, <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah, I mean, living the suburban lifestyle, not cool when you're 20, but pretty cool when you're just an 38. adult. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're Adulting. Gonna, you're going to be another age here pretty soon. Yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> I've gotten past the point where I care, but um, I still feel the same as I did like, I'm not going to say 10 years ago because I could stay up way later, but um, probably like five years ago. At some point, doesn't your age just kind of like not feel that different from year to year? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Because I just feel like I kind of hit a point and it's it's more like stages of life where I'm like, yep, I'm here now. I don't know how many years are going to pass before I change out of this and have my midlife crisis. But I, I had a big I had a big existential crisis when I turned 25. And I feel like every year has felt the same since then. Not like that I have a crisis, but it's just like it's been steady since then. <laughs> yeah, because you're out of like milestones. Nothing. Yeah cool happens anymore at age age except you just get older right like i was never going to run for president so turning 35 meant nothing to me <sighs> i wish other people had that sort of self-awareness <laughs> no kidding uh well anyways uh so you know like enjoying enjoying the suburban life enjoying uh all these funko pops i've got in front of me in my office now i, yep. I added i added since the picture i took with the cranes I added Captain Marvel next to Martin and Eddie and uh, 1990s uh, Nick Fury holding Goose next to Niles. So I've got a a really strong lineup. Um, You might even call it an elite lineup. Well, the elite are managing it from the center. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. When do you think AEW is going to get Funkos? I know they have those like knockoff Funkos that are smaller and don't look as good, but they need to like get some like real ass Funko pops. I'm surprised. I don't know. They're good at wheeling and dealing and they've already had like the Bucks and Kenny and Cody do it. So why not get, why not expand Funko's like always ready to drop, you know, drop some little pops, make some licensing deals. I don't know why they haven't expanded on the roster yet. It's they could definitely pick at least a handful of more solid like people in AEW. Yeah, man. I totally agree. Uh, also what they don't do is do not release enough, uh, female characters. Uh, they did a Jurassic park line and did not make an Ellie Sattler action figure. They made a Frasier line and did not make a Daphne moon character. Come on now. How dare you? Although I will say they did Marvel and I, I have up on my shelf valkyrie and you have captain marvel it doesn't make up for the lack but thank god at least something happened with that franchise and didn't they make a buffy one? Oh yeah i mean yeah but like if you're making buffy funkos you have to make buffy because 
that's what the show is called. True. Although, you know, I could see a PR mishap where they just didn't. And then people were like, but where's the main character? <laughs> Why? This windowsill might be the occasion that leads me to finally unbox my uh, my uh, prom Buffy uh, Funko, which but I, I I'm resisting because well maybe maybe it's maybe the spike is over uh, but there was a, no pun intended with the Buffy oh, and spike I was thinking it I was thinking it uh, <laughs> but it was like I bought it for like ten dollars because I bought it when it first came out because that's what they cost um, when they first come out but I think this might be one of the ones that's like gone way up in value. Oh, you sound like Matt Cardona. I know, I know. And it's like, I don't know that I'd ever sell it, but it's also like, if I take it out of the packaging, it's definitely going to, you know what I mean? You can't, yeah. I mean, I've I've heard of, what, two Mario, Super Mario games getting sold for excessive amounts of money at this point. Anything can happen. Yeah, wouldn't that be wild if I could uh, sell uh, my Buffy Funko Pop for $2 million? <laughs> it would. It would be. But it would be awesome. Yeah, it's it's still it's still like going for about a hundred bucks. That's a still a pretty good return. I mean, yes, I would I would turn around and sell it on... right now, but no, I think I much I think I get much more pleasure out of it, like having it up on my windowsill. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird how things how those kinds of things happen. Anyway. So uh, we we've got some stuff to get into this week, but as we do, we do every first. week. But what we do first is the elite beat pop of the week. Um, you have it looks like you have a real pop, so I'm gonna go first. Okay. Once again, I have Cidergeist Zappy from uh, Cincinnati's Rheingeist Brewery, and. All right. Yeah, that's it fairly just, good. It just tastes like it just tastes like apple juice. It's I like it. That's a good way to get real accidentally drunk. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> it's it is well, it's only five percent. So. All right. Well, I'm going back to the well on the Shandon again because that's mm-hmm. all I do. I go to Kroger and I get Shandon, and I don't even like, do it. Is it still on sale? No. This oh. is just just standard ass regular price champagne, but I'm gonna take it. So here we go. Excellent. You know, I it's t- someday, someday when we're really rolling in it, um, this will become a video podcast, and people will see the the like the beautiful plumes of smoke that come out of the uh, of the of the bottle when you. Uh, I guess it's not smoke; it's steam, right? I don't, I guess, I don't know. Conceptually, that sounds right. But also my brain is weird and can't reconcile it being cold steam. I know that's a thing. I know that that's a stupid thing to say that I just said. But I always, I always picture the steam coming off like coffee or tea or my hot drinks. So <laughs> it doesn't click the same way in my mind. But yeah, it, it has the same, same look to it. No, I got you. Uh, okay, let us talk about some news do you want to do ratings first or do ratings after news i'm gonna do your choice uh let's just knock them out because i'm a little curious if they're maintaining their their momentum here okay 
this is uh, the report from Post Wrestling. Mr. John Pollock over there. Uh, after four consecutive weeks, AEW fell under 1 million viewers in the U.S. for this week's episode of Dynamite from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This show from the Peterson Event Center fell to 979,000 viewers with a 0.35 in the 18 to 49 demographic, which is, if you remember, last week they were up to a 0.46. Uh, oh, it's Pittsburgh. Come on, people it's... represent. It was the show's lowest figure since the Road Rager show on July 7th, which did 871,000 viewers, and ends the string of four straight episodes topping 1 million viewers. It was still the eighth highest Dynamite viewership of 2021. Well, that's good, but I'm, I'm a little sad that the streak is over. I am too. I think, I think what happened, and I don't know this for sure because I haven't seen the ratings for this program yet, but... MTV's The Challenge returned for its season premiere this week. Oh my god. And it is, you know, it's when when it's challenge season, Dynamite has trouble winning uh winning their time slot. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, people. I mean, I remember I remember that from last year. I can't believe that's still a thing though. That that, that that's still a show. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize Real World and Road Rules were doing things that filtered people into this or i guess is it separate i feel like we've had this conversation before and i forgot immediately because i don't watch it but is the challenge now just its own thing yeah because like i don't even know if they make real world anymore they certainly don't do make road rules anymore (laughs) and anybody who would have been on road rules is like 50 by now (laughs) well they had back when the challenge was first or whatever they called it when it was first a thing they the road like, rules, the road rules, real world challenge, or real world road rules challenge, yeah. Yeah, they had like forty year old castmates coming back from seasons, you know, like one, two, and three, where it was kind of understood that I get paid for this. This is now my job, and I don't know why people wanted to see the same forty to fifty year olds coming back, okay. but okay, so. The first time that they did the Real World Road Rules Challenge was 1998. Oh, God. I remember watching that. And Road Rules last aired in 2007. So the 40-year-old people who would have been on the show then would be 53 now. I don't think it would stop them. If Mike The Miz was not successfully doing his WWE thing... I think he would be a lifer on these shows. I'm sure he would love to be on there. But I do know that they're just pulling from all types of places now because Leo Rush was on last season of the challenge. Oh, he seems like he'd be formidable. Yeah, I don't know how he did, but I think he he used to he used to joke on social media about he was how he was the dynamite killer every week. (laughs) (laughs) God. (laughs) And then he made it on to dynamite. And then nothing came of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I've got a little bit of hangman news. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. So we, we all kind of worked ourselves up into a tizzy about like, Oh, what's like they're, they're, they're changing all their plans. This, you know, like, man, like I can't believe that the hangman got like the rug pulled out from under him because of these bright, shiny new bobbles, CM Punk and Brian Danielson. And, Blah, blah, blah. And his baby. 
Well, okay, so here's here's a report from PW Insider that basically says the plan was always for Paige to take family time off in advance of his first child being born. So that to me says that just because like they got the story going again, but it was never it was never supposed to be Hangman versus Kenny at all out. Okay. They certainly made me think it was. I was hoping it was. I just assumed if he had to, they were cutting him short because maybe the birth happened or was getting close or maybe they were complicated. I don't really know his, what his, you know, baby schedule is. And I don't think I should know, but I just assumed there were birth related reasons. I don't know. Um, He is not included in promotional graphics for the AEW Fan Fest scheduled in Chicago for All Out Week in early September, but he is on the poster for the September 22nd uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium Dynamite. So could could see that being uh, like where he maybe returns or something. Okay. I I wonder then when the the baby is actually supposed to be born. I don't know. I don't know. How much time he's giving himself. I just, I always assume when someone says that they're pregnant, that like, that means that in six months they're going to like give birth because that's kind of like you wait for the first trimester to make sure everything's okay. But it's entirely possible that, you know, they just were private about it until way late. Yeah. His wife is never on BT or anything, even in the little amounts like the Bucks wives are. So maybe she just does not want to be involved with that and doesn't want a public lifestyle which is fine totally fair i'm sure i wouldn't um big week for uh wrestling pregnancies actually um it appears that rebby hardy after just giving birth is now pregnant for a fifth time oh uh, lord and uh Give her John- some time to rest <laughs> and uh well the see they she finally had a girl with the fourth one so maybe she's just thinking like i gotta ride this momentum i gotta i gotta i gotta even out the household here i gotta i gotta get the power back yeah um, but if you don't then it's even worse yeah. too much yeah uh and then johnny gargano and uh candace uh Luray also announced today that they oh. were gonna have a baby so yeah that seems right those two those two yeah. crazy kids very exciting very very exciting uh there's not a lot of news. CM Punk <laughs> didn't enter. So CM Punk's been doing press like rounds for heels because he's a recurring character in the first season of Heels. Yeah, what's his wacky name? Oh, I just listened to the C- Stephen Amell episode of Renee's <laughs> podcast, and I can't remember what I, what they called him, but it was it was like uh, really goofy. His name is Ricky Rabies. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's it's Ricky Rabies. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and he was on uh, Sunday Night's Main Events, which is a podcast hosted by Jason Agnew, formerly of The Law. And he kind of he kind of asked him about August 20th, and Punk tried to play it coy. He said, like, yeah, I'll be in Chicago. There's going to be a, a Heels premiere screening at uh, – <laughs> some theater or something and and Punk, i was like okay. you could have just been like y'all be in chicago because i live there you don't give them anything to work with here yeah but i thought the most interesting thing was um 
Agnew asked him about, did you, did you catch any of this interview? I, I know I sent you like one clip from it. I watched the 30 seconds that you sent me. Okay. So there was another clip and I should have sent this to you cause this was interesting too, but now I guess you'll hear it now. Um, Agnew asked him if, cause, cause you know, everybody knows that CM Punk was Tony Khan's number one draft pick when he wanted to start a wrestling company. And he asked him, Agnew asked him, like, did you talk to Tony Khan? And he said, yeah, I talked to Tony. You know, my perception on this, and I said this to Tony, to his face at that time, I'm a guy who was constantly heard, hey, I got a money guy, hey, I got TV. I've heard that at least once or twice a year for 15 to 20 years of my wrestling career. I've gotten bounced checks from those gentlemen. You watched it happen, especially after ECW folded. It was everybody was restarting ECW. Everybody was going to be the ECW, like the new ECW. Um, so he basically, he, he says, so I more or less took a wait and see approach. And I wasn't, or I am not interested in pro wrestling in that respect. We're here. We're talking about heels. <laughs> it just so happened. Maybe it could be bad luck that the next role I get is set in the world of professional wrestling, but you know, that's why the cookie crumbles. Anyway, so that makes sense to me that like, not that he was like totally against it, but that he wanted, you know, you, you don't want to, if you're CM Punk and you haven't done anything in wrestling for, it would have been what, I guess five years at that time, you don't want the next thing you do to be a catastrophic failure. <laughs> Yeah, but that uh, he was talking about when they first started, right? Like he deflected the question yeah. to back. Yeah, yeah, he was talking about. He was talking about like I, I guess this would have been like uh, twenty, like probably when the talks were starting. It probably would have been sometime in mid twenty eighteen. Okay. So. Yeah. And at that time, sure. I mean, I might have thought, well. Tony Khan probably does have a bunch of money, so that might not be an issue, but you still have to sell it to a network and all that, so I get that. And after his UFC career, probably do want to go something on the upswing. I mean, I know he's proud of what he did, and I don't think it's a big surprise that he didn't necessarily succeed, but that was real hyped up. And then he didn't win uh, twice. More than twice? At least twice. Just twice. But hey, that second one got overturned into a no contest because well, of a failed drug test. Thank God for that, you know. Yeah. But that just didn't seem as, uh, it was so hyped up and then it seemed like too much pressure. I think he, I'm assuming he, his goal was just to go do it and then just the amount of hype really made it kind of a problem, a disaster, if you will. So yeah, if he's coming back to wrestling, he better be good at it. Stephen Amell says he can still go. That's the word. The word is he looks good. I guess he's been, um, rumor is he's been working out a lot at uh, the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago there. I guess they have a, uh, I guess they have a ring as part of their setup, which is funny. Of course they do. I saw a house on um, Zillow Gone Wild. It's an Instagram account where they basically just post the most out there Zillow yeah. listings and this house was in pennsylvania and it definitely had a wrestling ring in the Ooh. basement and even like i think it was like the town something elite wrestling a sign and i just really was dying to know if this person put on shows in their basement yeah because like 
Well, I, I guess I, I guess you could you, tear down you, the ring. You're allowed then, to do that. You're definitely not allowed to do that. I would think you would need special zoning permits to to do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was awesome though, because uh, they tagged John Cena in it. They were like, "Found your house, John Cena," but it was clearly real low rent compared to what John Cena would have. I just, I was like, "Holy shit!" Some person in Pennsylvania legit has a wrestling ring in their basement. It was not small either. So, if you're out there listening. Do you think Please, it was Justin? Tell me think more. It was Justin Shapiro. Oh, I hope so. Justin, if you're selling your house, you listed it for very high, but I support you. Yeah. Oh, was it? What was it listed for? Uh, I think it was like six hundred something. Oh hell like, yeah! Uh, maybe a little over. Uh, that's I that, don't know. That's, that's that wrestling ring tax. Yeah. That that Zillow account on Instagram is great, but I've never this first wrestling ring I saw, and I. I was very curious. Yeah. So uh, Tony Khan was on the Busted Open radio podcast, radio show. It's, he's on it like almost every week um, on Wednesday mornings. He does like basically that's where he talks about like whatever news he wants to, whatever he wants to get out there, you know, in advance of Dynamite. And he announced that, A, they were moving Dan Lambert's appearance that was supposed to happen on this week's show. I thought uh, something was missing. Yeah, to uh, next week in Houston. And he said uh, a big reason for this was to give more time to build up the AEW women's world title match between Red Velvet and Britt Baker. So I assume that's that's where the uh, the Red Velvet versus Britt Baker video package aired. Mm. <laughs> uh, Wait, that really short one or the the segment where they actually like got out there? Well, Maybe the segment itself got extended, too. I was going to say, I thought the segment was, if that's what Dan Lambert had to get bumped for, I thought it was worth it because they were in Pittsburgh and, you know, you get that Brit hometown heat. Um, is Dan Lambert relevant to Texas in any way or it's just that because it's the next week of I don't. Filming? It's just, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's... Dan Lambert and some UFC guys next week. I don't know. Oh, shit. Okay. Maybe Dano Garcia can be one of them. He looks like a UFC guy. He does, and he wrestles like a UFC guy. He does. And the other thing that he talked about was uh, Rampage. He's very excited about the launch of Rampage, which, of course, is happening this week. And he said that, of course, I think everyone knows what to expect on the second episode of Rampage, which is titled The First Dance. And I expect the anticipation will continue to build. Can he just say stuff like that? Without, like, like you said last week, what if CM Punk doesn't show up? I I mean, that's, that's really, he's not saying it directly, but man, is he really implying something? I want to find a quote or a tweet from John Pollock from yesterday that I thought was like, it really summed up, um, the the promotional brilliance of this whole thing. Uh, Sorry, I'm just... No, it's okay. I feel like he knows what he's doing. And at what point does he... I mean, he will get stabbed if CM Punk isn't there. Jeff said it, and I agree. He will get stabbed. Okay. 
So actually, it was Voices of Wrestling who tweeted this, and then John Pollock replied. But um, it was Voices of Wrestling tweeted, not announcing something but making it obvious it's, it's happening gives you the element of surprise while also benefiting from the hype. It can't always work, but it's sure working for Punk in Chicago. And then John Pollock said, in an era where most are going to going to the ends of the earth to surprise people so that they never see it coming, AEW leaned in on the value of anticipation, which it turns out is an element that was enough to sell out the United Center. Yeah, and that's all fine and good as long as this works out. He's good. He's going to be there. He's going to be pissed if he doesn't. You're going to be sitting there with your birthday hat on, just like getting ready to just like. I have one of the like the like (laughs) like little things you and then it extends. Um, I don't remember what those are called, but yeah, I'm going to send you a picture of my sad face if Punk doesn't show up. But also, I wonder what is the. How how can you stretch this? Because what if Punk's just sitting in the audience and they're like, yeah, CM Punk is here. Huzzah. It it can't be that. It has to be more than that. It, I mean, <laughs> that's the lowest bar you could set. That, I mean, that is it, a possibility. I feel like, I feel like not only does it have to be more than that, it has to be something with Darby. What if he's sitting in the audience and Darby g- glares at him and then we move on and, and that's it? Well, I would say that that's and not I, enough. I agree, but I'm just I'm wondering how far you can take this while still not lying about it. You're gonna pull Vince on this, you know. But Darby's been doing punk things left and right, so if they don't have some sort of spat, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be surprised and angry. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think that's fair. Now you've you you've told me this week that you like you're kind of looking forward to Rampage as being your kind of your your like your Saturday morning cartoons for a for a new era. Um, yep, drink coffee, but, eat cereal. Yeah, but given that you know CM Punk is returning to our lives, are you going to watch the second episode live? I have to. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't get on Twitter. And I don't really engage in social media in any way because I hate it. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, I could remain spoiler free, except I know your ass is going to be texting me when stuff I w- happens. I won't text you. If I if yeah. I knew that you weren't watching, I would definitely not text you. I know, but I want the hot takes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm going to have to watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I will. But maybe moving forward when they're, you know, they've sold us all on Rampage and they're not trying to impress us quite as much i will switch to saturday mornings because it will just be easier i'm also, old also the show this is going to be a taped show most weeks so you know nothing that crazy is going to happen on those episodes okay yes that's true i i was ready to treat this more like like a main event only maybe a little more important you know but still like i don't think everybody's going to be all Oh, you got to see Rampage at 10 p.m. sharp live because I just don't see them doing much exciting on a show that airs at 10 p.m. on a Friday. People go out. I know it's a pandemic, but still, as we get back to it, this is such a weird time slot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, I think that's that's really about it for news. We we have nothing new on Brian Danielson. Uh, nothing new on Ric Flair, nothing new on Adam Cole. Uh, yeah, so we're just kind of, we're just kind of waiting and seeing about all the free agents and, uh, and let's, let's talk about Dynamite, Megan. 
Well, okay. Um, did it's we okay. want to talk? Did I miss something? <laughs> no, I was going to just, being the elite, did anything happen on there that you you think needs mentioning at all? Oh, like like Hangman made a really nice video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's what yeah. I was doing. I love that they, he took the original voiceover with all the like ominous Dark Order things. But when you, it's kind of like when you recut horror movies. Or no, you recut like comedies and put horror horror movie like tropes and music in. It makes them scary. This made the Dark Order so heartwarming. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, mean, I was just I was really excited to see that the Dark Order cried, which I thought was cute. Yeah, that was that was very sweet. Yeah, so that's important. Also, I don't know. I don't think it's important. But I did want to ask you who Matt Lee was talking about when he saw that he looked in Sting's eyes and it wasn't Sting. It was NWA's bogus Sting, Jumpin' NWO's, Jeff Farmer. NWO's NWO. Bogus Sting, yeah. Okay, NWO. Yep, Jumpin' Jeff Farmer. That's the man who portrayed the, the fake Sting in the NWO. Okay, was that like a long time thing or is. Yes. Okay. Shocking, shockingly so. There was there was definitely there was definitely a fake sting. There was a lot of fake stinging in uh, late nineties WCW. Okay, I only ask because it seems like on Dynamite they carried forward this weird energy the two of them have. Like Matt Lee seems seems like he's looking at a ghost or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jumpin' Jeff Farmer. Uh, he he's. He's actually like <laughs> he's an interesting guy. He uh he um I think he does something with like marine biology now. <laughs> oh, he got his, out of the biz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, but he was doing he was he did NWO Sting for like 3 years. <laughs> yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. That was those were really the two diversions, one really big and great and the other kind of I'm just a curiosity. Matt Lee might be losing it. Uh, WWE like they they released a um a Best of Sting DVD in 2014, like after they after they signed him for merchandising stuff. Oh, okay. And so it was obviously it was all like WCW footage because that's all they had of him. But um on the back so like there was a big picture of Sting on the front. And on the back cover, the, the back cover picture of Sting was NWO Sting. <gasps> they screwed up. Oh, my God. Come <laughs> on. How many people looked at that without figuring it out? I don't know. I don't know. And, like, if you looked at him side by side, you would say, like, how could you make a mistake? Uh, I don't, Yeah, because I don't think I've seen the bogus Sting. But I feel like if you're a wrestling company, somebody on staff should be able to tell. Yeah. I I definitely think so. That's hilarious. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Sorry. Just had to cover that. We can move on to dynamite now. But I thought those things might be relevant. No, you're cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna paste a picture of uh, Sting standing next to Fake Sting in our chat here. Oh gosh. Just so you I'm can see them totally. side by side. Oh my God! Come on. <laughs> wow. Look how look how crowy like Sting was back then though. 
Yeah, he has a lot of hair. Good for like, him. I, for, I, I forgot, like, because I'm so used to the way Sting looks now, and I just associate that with Sting. I, I sometimes forget that, like, it was, like, actually, like, a total ripoff of The Crow originally. <laughs> yeah, because basically in that picture, the face paint he has today still looks the same. It's just it looks a lot different when you take away the darker, longer hair. Like, he has a lot of hair Compared to today, even though he's not like balding by any means, but it's lighter. He's got that, and... he's got that what is peak. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, Sting's cool. <laughs> I would not mix those two people up. Me neither. <laughs> Scott Hall came up with the Crow Sting gimmick. He was just like, yo, have you seen this movie, The Crow? <laughs> Sting was like, oh, no. And he was like, oh, you should watch it. Like, it's, it's this guy, like, he looks like that. And then, uh, and then Sting watched the movie, and I guess he sold Bischoff on it, and they're off to the races with the Crow Sting. All right, all right, sure. Yeah. Wow, I love it. I love how blatant it is. Considering how weird they are about music, it's like that's just you just took the the paint, you just did the thing. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right, I guess it worked for him. I guess. Well, we'll get to Sting, because he's here tonight. God, I love Sting. I think he's really funny in his old age. <laughs> I don't really know much about him in his younger days, but this Sting, whatever he's doing, seems revitalized. He seems like he's having a good time. I'm okay with it. If you didn't know he was 62, there's no way you would ever guess he was 62. No, but the face paint does play a big part in that. Yeah, but he's also like giving dudes suplexes on the ramp. True. True. Like, he does not move like a 62-year-old guy who's, like, been wrestling for 30 years. No, but if you ask Jenny... 40 years. He should not be wrestling. 35 years. Okay. Yeah, he looks good, especially compared to other wrestlers his age. Yeah. You remember? He and Arn Anderson are the same age. <laughs> That's really weird. Yeah. Especially when they stand next to each other. It's like, oof. All right. Well, um, I guess let's get into it then. I we're in Britsburg. Justin, Justin did not go. He decided he decided not to. Um, I figured that's why he's not here to yeah, live report. Yeah. No, uh, his he's been he has been tasked with uh, with the uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium show, not attending, but um, joining us on that uh, drive down. Yeah. <laughs> Live takes only. Yeah. All right. Well, we are in Britsburg, as you said, at the Peterson Event Center. Um, crowd was hot for this show. We start out with a video, a promo from MJF. He says he's already beaten Jericho. Jericho can't stand it. And that's why Jericho feels compelled to complete these goddamn labors. Um, Jericho's so close to making his match with MJF, but tonight Wardlow is here. Wardlow is standing behind MJF, and Wardlow will be the one to stop Jericho. Um, he, MJF does point out, though, that the ultimate burn will be that if Jericho makes it to his match with MJF and loses once again, that he will finally see like how much he sucks. And then poor Wardlow, he gets this confident grin on his face and goes, yeah, but I'm going to beat him, so don't worry about it. 
And then MJF just turns around and goes, like you beat Cody in the cage? And all the wind goes out of Wardlow's sails. And it's so mean. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. Because that was like, that was like 18 months ago, you know? But I just yeah. I just love that they like that a that they respect their own history enough and b that they respect their audience enough to like say like they'll remember that if we'd say if we you know they'll know what we're talking about. Yeah, it was yeah. just a real dick move and poor Wardlow looks sad and then MJF has been eating an apple this whole time and he hands Wardlow the apple and says, "You know what, dude, you better get the job done this time." He turns and walks away and Wardlow glares at him and then just like manhandles his apple just Totally crushes it in his giant Wardlow hands. And I think he's going to kill MJF. I think it's coming, yeah. I uh, I thought Carlito was coming. I thought Carlito was going to be like the <laughs> the the secret uh, extra labor that Jericho had to overcome when I saw that apple. But it was not to be. Nobody can eat an apple in wrestling without stirring up the thought of Carlito showing. Mm-mm. That's fair. That's fair. If there weren't only one more labor, I would think it's possible too. He was but, in yeah. the Rumble this year and he was jacked. I thought he got all weird and big. He was really big. I'm well, because he was on Glow, right? He was in like one or two episodes of Glow, yeah. Yeah, but he was huge in that. I remember thinking, what happened to Carlito? He didn't <laughs> used to look like that. <laughs> But, yeah, I guess he could be a labor then. And there's just not enough left. David Sims, I don't know why, but David Sims of Blank Check just tweeted out, Field of Dreams, more like Field of Dang Hotties. Look, it's a good movie. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. Like Kevin Costner, um, Timothy Busfield, obviously. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> who else is in that? Um, uh, Ray Liotta, a, a young Ray Liotta. Yeah, there's some dang hotties in that movie. All right. <laughs> I'll take your did word you, for it. Did you know that like Major League Baseball is contesting a game on a field of dreams that they built today, though? What? Yeah, like Kevin Costner's there. Are there ghosts playing it? I don't know. I, I think it's just like it's basically they built a, a, a baseball field in a cornfield. And then the stars came? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, All I'm right. Sorry. sorry, I got distracted. Saw... No, that's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get you back on track because I know that you paid attention to the next oh, thing. Oh, I did pay attention to the next thing. The Holy first shit. match of the evening. And man, it really made up for the last last week's first match, which was not good. This one was great. This is a six man match between the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega against Matt Seidel, Mike Seidel, and Dante Martin. And man. <laughs> This what? Dante Martin. <laughs> what a kid, man. He he floats. He's not quite ricochet, but he floats. It's like... I, it was funny. I was listening to Wrestling Observer Live earlier today, and Brian Alvarez said that, you know, he was like, he was putting over Dante Martin on Twitter last night, and he said somebody replied to him and said, like, he's not as good as Ricochet. And then Brian said, yeah, you're right. He's not as good as Ricochet, but he's going to be a star before Ricochet is. <laughs> He's also 20, you know, yeah. like also all, that, res- yeah. all respect to Ricochet, but he's been in the business. He's had some time to perfect his craft. I think it's unfair yeah. to compare the two, even though I just did. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, 
I I am sad that his brother Darius hurt himself, but I think that he slotted right into this Seidel tag team and complimented both of them by being just the airbornest of airborns. And I also thought that the match, they like really showcased him because you had the, the standard formula that I love where like the least important person, Mike Seidel, sorry, got beat up for a really long time. And then Matt Seidel got a hot tag and then Dante got the last hot tag and he killed it. It was great. I love, I love that. I love that uh, Dante's Dante's. Uh, so there was this great sequence where Dante jumped into the ring and went crazy. And then he did that to jump out of the ring and, and patiently wait for a tag. <laughs> and then he got his hot tag. And the first thing he did was throw Matt Jackson into the corner and like do the 10 punches in the corner. <laughs> Because that's that's what a baby face does, goddamn. <laughs> Let's the crowd count along with his punches. He did a Kenny was on the floor. He did a springboard hurricane rana where he <gasps> he basically went to the ceiling of the building and then came straight down vertically, and somehow neither he or Kenny died on this hurricane rana. Then he immediately springs back up and does like a like inside the ring acai moonsault onto one of the Jackson brothers for a near fall. It was so awesome. And if you watch that back, you can see Matt Seidel after the moonsault, like throw up his hands on the outside, like totally marking out for it. Yeah. I like to believe that Matt Seidel is a positive, like mentor to these young boys who want to to do the high flying Mm -hmm. that he has trailblazed for them. Yeah. Um, He's like, he's like, I'm old now. I don't really like to do that much high flying anymore. So you guys, you, you kids go at it. Yeah. You clearly watched me when you were younger and said, I want to be that type of wrestler and I'm here to, to get you over now. But yeah, I Dante Martin was awesome. And I just, I felt like it was a really nice, like giving him the rub by letting him have a series with Kenny where he doesn't win, obviously, but he got a lot of near falls though. He did. And it still took Kenny doing a one wing and angel and a BT trigger by the rest of them to like take Dante out. So ultimately, Dante is the one who gets pinned, and Kenny and the Bucks win this match. But he got like quite a round of offense before that happened. So good for him. AEW does this sometimes, where where they'll like kind of feature someone like this out of nowhere, and it seems like a star-making performance, but then they don't follow up on it for a long time. Like I feel like this has happened to Jungle Boy before. Where he has like a really big performance and then they just like pull way back on it for a long time and there's no follow up. But I I think there's something they could capitalize on here with Dante Martin if they wanted to. Yeah, I I don't know why you wouldn't. He's really good and it's unfortunate that his tag team partner is out. But if he can make a run and get going, like let him. I mean, I don't know. He's he. He floats, man. I don't understand the physics behind it. He seemed like he jumped into the air, paused, and then did moves. You know, it was so, it was so intense. I liked it. It was great. Yeah, there was this part where like Kenny was about to hit him with the Snapdragon, and he uh, he backflipped out of it, and then Kenny ran at him, and Dante just like kind of like used the bottom rope as a as like a as like a trampoline floor, and 
did a flip over Kenny as he ran at him, where he went like he went like eight feet in the air. I it was just I, I unfortunately Jenny was so busy this week. She you know she she just didn't get to watch Dynamite, but I think I am going to have her watch this match because I think this is exactly the style of match that she likes. Oh yeah, she would love this. Also, I mean, you got the Bucks being idiots, which, which I love, and I know Jenny doesn't always love, but you know Nick Jackson, she's a fan. Gets he gets action. Yeah, but she's she she lo- but she loves him so much and his like all of his uh, high flying babyface offense that it, she resents him when he's a heel. That's fair, but he's really good at being a heel. <laughs> so so you know. Yes, he is. Yeah. Like the last the last few minutes of this match were just unbelievable. Like it's so incredible. I can't even you have to go out of your way, way to watch this and, and see Dante Martin in action. If he if he doesn't like suffer like major knee injuries or anything like that, he is going to be he's going to be such a superstar. Yeah. Yeah, I hope I hope he does not suffer any knee injuries or whatnot but yeah it was great um after the match tony shivani once again makes a weird decision about it's time to do an interview like like after the match um and he walks out with a mic but don Callis immediately takes it from him because well, of at course least he, he does at least he wasn't trying to interview the person who just got triple bte triggered uh <laughs> <laughs> like hey. like you tried to interview Cody last week. Yeah, I know you're on the ground. Can I get a word? <laughs> it's just just one thing. Um, yeah, but it's still. I mean, he decides to come out here. Don Cows rips the mic from him as if Tony Tony should have known. Uh, and then Don Cows starts to go off on how great Kenny is and the lead are, and then Christian Cage interrupts because he is not to be outdone here. Uh, Don Callis says, "Christian, sir." I don't know if you've noticed, but there's like 10 to 1 odds here. You need to go. And at this point, Jurassic Express walks out. And that's just like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. So it's not like they closed the numbers gap entirely, but Christian has backup. Um, We go to a commercial, but it kind of continues. The segment continues afterwards where we come back and basically learn that Christian is, in fact, getting his title shot at All Out. Immediately, CM Punk chants erupt in the crowd. They are so loud, but Christian works through them. Um, Felt so bad. I know, because it's like, CM Punk's not even debuting at All Out. (laughs) He's going to be on Rampage. Chill out. Um, But yeah, Don Callis is like, Christian... You need to go back to the match because, or go back to the back because your match with Kenny is locked in for all out. So what do you think is going to happen? You're going to fight him here in Pittsburgh? Like, what's oh, the point? And Megan, and then, then I don't. I, you must not have heard these, but like once they got tired of chanting for CM Punk, they started chanting yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I probably just didn't register that because um, I, you know, how I hate the crowd. And I do. Um, so and yeah. It's like, all right, I've had enough of this. Bring back COVID wrestling. <laughs> Look, I just think people need to like not be up their own asses. It, we get it. You like wrestling. Shut up about it. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Christian points out that Kenny has more than one championship that he can fight him for. And so even though he's got a match for the AEW world title on All Out, he has spoken to Tony Khan and gotten a match approved for Friday night on the first rampage. And it will be Kenny Omega versus Christian cage for the impact 
world championship. So Christian's trying to kind of chip away at the belt collector here. Kenny is enraged, obviously, because why would he want to defend a belt? And then Christian and Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Express take off. But as they're leaving the ring and people are singing Jungle Boy's wonderful 80s song, Jungle Boy says, stop the music. And he, he too has talked to Tony. Next week, he has gotten Jurassic Express a match against the Young Bucks on Dynamite for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Kenny um, Kenny made a joke that was like, and I don't I don't know like you're you're not much of a Simpsons head, right? Like historically. No, I was not allowed to watch it because I was t- I don't know I was too young at some point during the show's run and then I just missed it, you know. Okay. So there's a there's like a famous episode uh, called A Star Is Burns where uh, Springfield hosts a uh, film festival and Mr. Burns uh has like makes a citizen kane-esque movie that premieres at the festival and the crowd is booing it afterwards and uh he says like why are they booing me smithers and smithers says oh they're not booing you sir they're they're saying boo urns boo urns and then so (laughs) mr burns gets up and says are you all shouting boo or boo urns and they all say boo and uh, Kenny had a very, I, I imagine it was styled entirely after that, where he said to the crowd, are you singing, oh, 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 or are you singing, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did do that. And I did not pick up that that was a Simpsons <laughs> reference, but you describing it makes me feel like, yes, probably. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it too. We got to talk about this Christian thing. Let's talk about Christian. Okay. I feel really bad because Uh-oh. I like Christian and he's one of my special wrestling friends from way back. But <laughs> he is. I've liked him since 1998. Um, but he, <laughs> it's just been, it's been a precarious kind of run for him so far. Like Tony Khan definitely overhyped his debut. Yes. At that whatever pay-per-view that was, where Big Show was like, I've got, there's going to be a huge debut, and people wanted somebody who was a bigger star than Christian. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And then, it's just like, now he's getting this title shot that people feel like should have been Hangman's, even though, like, that it apparently never was going to be Hangman, but they made you think it was Hangman's shot. At the same time, when we know that these much bigger, brighter, shinier stars are coming in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So all of this is working against poor Christian. He did turn it around a little bit with the crowd in Pittsburgh, at least, when they added in that those fans in Pittsburgh on Friday are going to get to see a Kenny versus Christian Impact title match. But it makes me... like. <laughs> I just can't imagine they actually do this match Friday and then do it again like three weeks later. I mean, you had said over text when we were talking about this when I was watching that you think that potentially they could do this match and this could end up with Christian not actually having a match at all out. So how do you envision that happening if that's the scenario? Like, if he does this match, does he win the Impact 
belt and then something happens and he can't compete or or do you think they'll just do both (laughs) so you you could there's a number of things you could do you could you could have him you could have him win like you know beat kenny and then like in a rage the the elites you know put him out the way they put out hangman and then so he's taken the impact title from kenny but he's in no condition to to challenge kenny at all out so they have to come up with another challenger or or he loses to kenny on friday and then you do the same angle because it's because especially if he loses there's no reason to see the rematch because nobody thinks he can win anyway and at least if he beat kenny for the impact title first you might think like okay i mean he's still not gonna win but like at least we know that like in in the logic of aew they are on the same level now because he beat kenny omega and wins and losses matter in aew but so so i mean i guess that's the other way it could go like they could they could do the match twice and they just give christian the win on friday to give him some credibility heading heading into the pay-per-view match okay yeah i just i just don't get it i i feel bad for christian because i don't think it's his fault no. no, like I think I think the the match on Friday for the Impact title, I think that's a clever idea. I think that's a good hook for the first rampage. But I just don't know. I just don't know what to. I don't know what to do. Like I, I mean, like I, I think that's just. I think that's a nothing match for All Out. Yeah, and it's for the world title, which is. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess if CM Punk is wrestling at All Out, then. Maybe they just feel like we've got our hook for all out. We don't we don't need to to burn like a really marketable world title match on this show. I guess I don't know. I I that's that sounds so jaded. You know, not necessarily from you. Just if that's the mentality, even wrestling wrestling is like, well, we've got a different star, so we don't have to burn a match. It's like yeah. Well, it's a world title. You shouldn't be burning matches on it anyway. Like they should all be exciting because in theory, if you've made it to the point where you can challenge for it, you're good and the person who holds it is good. So you're going to have a good match like no matter when you do it. Then I think that the, I mean I think that I agree with you, but I think that that just means that Christian is not like this version of Christian right now that we have is not he doesn't feel like a main event AEW guy right now. No, and I just assumed he wouldn't win just because Hangman's out for paternity leave and he's coming back and also that storyline is way more compelling of like there's so much build up and backstory. Of mm-hmm. course, he has to be able to face Kenny and if you give the title to somebody else in the interim it won't work. Kenny Kenny needs to be the title holder when Adam comes back. So, right. I just never thought Christian had a chance. But I don't know. It it does suck because CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are very exciting prospects and Christian sounds like a very good role model and person to have in your locker room and like he does positive things for every everyone he has matches with and interacts with and it just sucks that like somebody that that good and giving back gets put in the position where essentially like he's probably going to get booed or <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Like, he, he, like it's I, not going to go well. <laughs> like, I, like I don't feel like he deserves to be the lamb to slaughter. Like why, why would you do that to him? 
I almost feel like if this is the match at All Out, then whatever match CM Punk is in needs to main event. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense because it's this is the title. I mean, the hierarchy of things on a show is title-based, right? Well, Stadium Stampede has main evented both times it's been done, and it wasn't a title match. That's true, but it was also understood to be a huge taped and live combo the one time. But, you know, it was kind of like one of those extenuating circumstances where, like, if you had a cage match and, right. you know, that that would have to end it where just logistically it works out. I just don't think, like, a CM Punk match, unless there's a – it's important, yes, but, like, if you're following the hierarchy of titles, it, it technically doesn't fit the bill to be the, the main event. It doesn't, but I also think that, like, those – those shouldn't be hard and fast rules. That those those should be things that are flexible when the right situation comes along. And CM Punk's first match in seven and a half years in his hometown, I think, is one of those situations. I guess that's true. Also, if if you do that earlier in the night, then I feel like you you yeah. don't lose the crowd, but like they got what they came for. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So I don't. <sighs> I, feel, I just but, feel bad for Christian. Yeah, it's it's a tough spot to be in. I wonder how he feels about it. I feel like I feel like the ultimate answer to this is him turning heel on Jungle Boy and, and doing a program with him. Yeah, that would be perfect. And yeah. I have to assume, I think I feel bad for Christian because I assume that as the veteran he is and understanding how the business works and the psychology and stuff, he knows what's coming to him. And he probably, just, I don't know, like that sucks if you have to be the person who's like, well... Nobody's going to want this, but I guess mm-hmm. I'm going out there. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I, I'm not that strong. I would be like, can we just cancel <laughs> this? Can we, can we just say I'm injured? <laughs> Please. So, I don't know. That sucks. <sighs> All right. Well, from there, from poor Christian, we move to Malagai Black, who uh, I know you, Andy, have some thoughts about. But um, Malachi is here to talk about how he destroyed Cody Rhodes. He asks us, the audience, am I really the bad guy? Because all I did was make good on the promise I made to defeat Cody cleanly and quickly. And man, did he do that. Um, He still has Cody's boot as a weird trophy. He holds it up and says, Cody, you've got one foot in the grave. If you ever want to get that other one in there, call me. Um, Malachi ends by saying basically that he's entertaining all challengers and that he, it sounds like he has maybe a bit of a God complex because he's like, if you're ready to face God, like, here I am. But also he's fucking cool and I love it. You know how um, Miro talks about God all the time? Yes, he's not a God, but he is praying to God or thanking yeah. God for all the things you, in this. I life. think he's talking about Malachi Black. I, when I was watching that, I was like, hmm. you should talk to Miro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's got a real thing. I thought the uh, the line about the one foot in the grave with the boot was really cool. Yeah. I love Malachi Black and all his dramatic off-boy stuff. I, I know that you are not always on the same page as him, but... I, I love him. So so he, he gets real wild and out there when he's doing, like, podcast interviews. 
But so far in AEW, he seems fairly reined in. Like it's, he seems, it, it seems all kind of like, like, okay, I can believe that this is a real person. <laughs> I yeah I, I'm I'm like I'm with him on those interviews though I'm there being like yeah symbols man what <laughs> of them like so talk goth shit love it so yeah um Malachi Black very scary and ready to entertain all challengers who do you think is going to to be in his program next I mean I was real hyped about him killing Cody but I understand that Cody's going away for his show. So who is his next challenger? Do you think? I don't know. I'm hoping he has a match on, um, on all out, but I don't, I don't know who his, uh, his dance partner would be at this point. Yeah. Cause he's like, I, I consider him pretty high tier and I oh, don't he's know. Gotta be. The way, the way that he dispatched Cody, he has to be like, I feel like you could put him in the world title picture right now. If you had a babyface world champion. Yeah, I was gonna say, what if Christian drops out and then he just shows up and like destroys Kenny? Not destroys because he can't win the title, but I don't know. He's he's so cool, and I just I can't off the top of my head think of anyone on the on the roster who's like technically in the rankings, you know, or like of that same level that I would put him against. Like I want to see Darby work with him, but it looks like Darby's gonna do something with Punk. So Danielson's not coming in until later. Miro's also a heel, so I, I doubt they do like a, a TNT program with those two. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like baby faces that like Sammy Guevara, maybe. Maybe, but Sammy also has. It looks like he's kind of tied up in other stuff too until he he and Jericho and the Pinnacle well, said- sort of part ways. Yeah, they said that like next week though he's he's wrestling Sean Spears, but he also has like a major announcement. Okay. So I don't know. Like that sounds like he might be heading in a different direction. Ooh, I would like. I don't know who it would be, but I would love to see like somebody like a babyface go up against Malachi Black and then him like convert them to <laughs> to whatever weird ass dark magic he's doing. Get a get a trio going. I want those trios titles to happen. Daniel Garcia could be like one of his disciples. Maybe. Yeah. I think Daniel Garcia needs more personality, so that could help if he had like something to do a gimmick for. So we'll see. Now, did you? I'm going to preemptively ask you this because I know you watched this on Fight. I'm guessing you did not get the special trailer look at Roads to the Top. I didn't. I got the pitch for it, and then they just displayed an AEW logo for two minutes. <laughs> okay, cool, very cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they did. They they announced the uh, the start date. It's going to be September 29th at 10 o'clock. So it's going to basically Dynamite's going to be its lead in, which <gasps> I think is smart. That's fun. Okay. Yeah. So. I'm very excited for the show. Uh, I'm very excited. We're all, when the show starts, all three of us, us, the hosts of uh, the Elite Beat, are all going to have our own recapping beat. I'm going to be the in charge of Rampage recaps, and Jenny is going to be in charge of the Roads to the Top uh, recaps. So Yay! She is, yes. I yes. wish... We got um... to figure out a way for you to... You can probably watch it on the TNT app, right? 
I was going to say, yeah, I don't think fight's going to carry it mm-hmm. because why would they? But um, yeah, I can I can finagle the TNT app to to watch it. I'm excited. I think yeah. it's going to be really fun. Yeah, me too. Okay, so what what's the next thing you saw after the so, AEW logo went away? <laughs> when we came back from that commercial, um, the next thing I saw was Miro just going going wild here. Um, he says, as a hot but humble man, I live to serve my vengeful god, Alistair Black. Uh, please my perfect wife over and over, and that's kind of where he left it. Um, Miro basically is here to say the rest of the locker room is too afraid to face him, so they had to bribe his next challenger with an AEW contract, and that person is Fuego Del Sol. He's going to have a TNT title match against Fuego Del Sol on Rampage. Fuego's going to be insanely over next week because they're in Houston, which is like his area, and he's like Sammy's buddy, so he's, 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 it's, that's going to be like a perfect uh, squash match for Miro. Okay, I was going to say, it, oh, no, it's going to be a squash, this is, right? This is, that's not next week. It's Friday. It's right in uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, okay. Well, he'll still be over. So Fuego... Fuego is a major character on the Sammy vlog. Okay, that's what I thought. Because I know that he just periodically shows up on BTE, and I'm sure he wrestles on Dark and stuff, but he wrestles on nothing that I watch. So I wasn't really right. sure. He just seems like kind of a geek that gets beaten up. He is. He's. I don't... Uh, he might have one win now, finally, but okay. uh, but no, he's uh, he is he's but he's he's all over Sammy's vlog because I think he and Sammy are like best friends. Okay, okay, well, Miri, Miro is going to murder this tiny man. Mm-hmm. Miro is very scary. I love it. He's got yes. intense energy. So yeah, that's coming up on Rampage. A lot of stuff announced for Rampage actually. But um, next up on this here show, we finally get to the Daniel Garcia we've been talking about for so long. He is facing Darby Allen. Darby, when he does his walkout, he does what I assume is a CM Punk shout out because he kind of crouches down and he doesn't do the like, which the thing Punk would do. He doesn't he, tap his invisible watch. Yeah, but he smacks the ground. Yeah. So, uh, Darby. <laughs> Darby boy. Um, yeah, so Darby is uh, facing Daniel Garcia. This match turned out to be a lot more technical than I expected it. I don't I don't think I know. Like, we saw Daniel Garcia last week, but I don't know enough about him to know his style. And apparently it is technical. And these two boys, I thought, worked well together. Um, I love when we get technical Darby. It's like it happens every once in a while, and he's very good at it. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Uh, I'm glad it happened. Um, ultimately, Darby does win with the coffin drop, but I thought these two had a good match, and I don't know what Daniel Garcia's deal is. He seems kind of like <laughs> kind of like a blank slate, but good at wrestling, so I don't know. I, maybe I'm not giving him much credit. I mean, that's why you stick 2.0 with him, right? Yes, Uh Jeff Parker, I want to say the sure. one that looks like Chuck Taylor. He yeah. also screams like Chuck Taylor throughout the <laughs> match, so he's there. And and Matt Lee was there, and this is where he had his second encounter with Sting, and he gave him that look where if you don't watch BTE, maybe you don't, maybe you just think he's scared of Sting, but if you do watch BTE, you know that he suspects it's bogus Sting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they've got a thing going on. 
And Sting suplexed him. As yes, like on the ramp. Special move, yeah. Looked, so. looked good. Uh, and uh, they signed it later. That's that's a happening next week on Rampage in Houston, or on Dynamite in Houston, rather. Uh, Sting and Darby versus 2.0, which is... That's a wild ride for 2.0. They got cut by NXT last month, and <laughs> now they're wrestling Sting on TNT. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. But they are not all elite yet, right? No, we haven't gotten their graphics. Okay. No, but they're they're doing a lot with them so far. Yeah, that's quite <laughs> quite a turnaround. I'll say. Now, this will be Sting's first match on TNT since uh, March 26th, 2001. The final the final episode of Monday Nitro where he wrestled Ric Flair. Now, do you think Ric Flair's going to be around? Uh, I think Ric Flair's going to be around. I don't know if he's going to be around by next week. I don't know how long his non-compete is. Okay. Or if he, or if he has one. I don't even know if he has one. I don't know if those people in the Legends contracts have uh, those kinds of things. We didn't discuss BTE in depth, but one of the no. things <laughs> that did happen was Carl Anderson did his sour face gimmick, but he sour started boy. sour boy. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Like, I just don't get why it's funny. <laughs> it's not funny, but sometimes it's so unfunny that I do chuckle at it anyway. Just that, like this, in, in spite of myself. Okay. Well, this time Sour Boy was wearing um, a Ric Flair esque coat. I it didn't say Flair on the back. It said something else. I couldn't read it. But uh, yeah, he he spent the first opening segment of BTE with his head down with the shot like of his back. So so they were like very openly commenting on the Ric Flair rumors. Oh my God! It's the Nate. <laughs> Nope, just sour, sour boy. I'm excited for Ric Flair to come to AEW and be treated with the respect he deserves. As long as he's a manager, I just yeah, don't want to see wrestle. him wrestle. I don't wrestle. know. He is he like I mean, he, hasn't, one, he hasn't wrestled in like he hasn't wrestled in like ten years. Sometimes people think they can do things that they can't. <laughs> is he one of those people? I mean, yes, but also like, but. It's been ten years. I think I think he would have wrestled again by now if uh, if he was going to. You think Vince would have let him? No, Vince wouldn't have let him, but he would have stayed in TNA because because that's where he had his last like matches. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, we'll see Stinger wrestling next week. That is interesting. Oh yeah, almost ten years. To the, oh my god. The last is it, match is of, it ten oh, years to the day? The last match of his career was September twelfth, two thousand eleven, on an episode of Impact. Sting defeats Ric Flair. Oh gosh! Yeah, Tony Khan is such a wrestling nerd that I worry that he is going to find a way for Ric Flair to show up. Now here's here's where I think this is dangerous because because oh, Tony Khan, because as I say all the time, AEW is a WCW tribute promotion. Uh, if Tony Khan figures out, and he probably already knows this because he's Tony Khan, that, of course. that Ric Flair's last match in WCW was with Sting, and that Ric Flair's last match in Impact and last match period was with Sting, I could see him being like, can we do one final Sting versus Ric Flair match? 
So it yeah, happens he's in three companies. Definitely the type of fan who would try to put that together. I think I think he's gonna have restraint. I don't think he's gonna do it, but um, I'm excited to see Rick just you know cutting promos, being the nature boy. All right. Yeah. Maybe helping out his son-in-law. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Well, speaking of his son-in-law, the next segment we get is uh, from Death Triangle. They are discussing their Andrade problem. Um, it's just Pac, Ray Phoenix, Penta, and Alex Abrahantes hanging out backstage. Ray Phoenix tells Pac that something really needs to be done about Andrade because of all the like weird interference he's been causing the last couple weeks. And Pac tells the Lucha Brothers that he will handle him. They should instead focus on the AEW World Tag Team Championship opportunities they have. Because he says, he says something to the effect of like they're ranked. I don't really know where they fall in the rankings, but apparently they're in contention. Let me check on that. Yeah, it's all up in there. Like, who knows? I mean, next week we're getting Jurassic Express challenging, but I nobody mentions titles. That was just a Tony Khan Lucha conversation. Bros are, Lucha Bros are ranked fourth. So, okay. okay. So assuming Jurassic Express lose, that'll knock them down the rankings. So... If Lucha Bros beat either Private Party or the Varsity Blondes, who are the other two teams ahead of them, you could probably vault them to the number one contender spot in time for All Out. That is wild to hear. What? The rankings. I, yeah. I think I just think my head would have put that triangle higher. They've had less matches than uh, if you. I mean, remember, like Phoenix has been out for a while, and then before that, Penta was out for a while. So that's true. So is Jurassic Express second or first? They're ranked first. Okay. Then the blondes, then private party. Okay. Okay. Well, regardless, Pac wants the Lucha Bros to to look that direction, so I don't think they're going to interact with Andrade if at all possible. And then Pac turns to the camera and addresses Andrade directly, basically asks him, like, bitch, why are you so obsessed with us? And... He says he's ready for a match any place, anytime. Andrade can name it. Pac is not afraid of uh, this tall suit-wearing man. Nope. So we'll get to that response later. But for now, we go to an, another match. It's Chuck Taylor, for the first time in a while, with Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta facing off against Matt Hardy and Private Party. Um, Chris Statlander, the bunny, the blade, they are all sort of like around when everybody comes out. So they're in the mix. Um, ultimately Matt Hardy is, gets to pin Wheeler Yuta. I mean, as like the lowest ranking player in this whole match, uh, using the twist of fate, but you know, like this match was fine. I just kind of really liked how it tied into uh, the ongoing BT thing where Chuck Taylor is kind of Monday morning quarterbacking for Wheeler Yuta, like teaching him all the things he's gotten wrong and reiterating that it's a three count that ends the match. So like, just get your shoulders up. Using Dominic Toretto quotes to inspire him. Yeah, as you do. I mean, I, I assume that's Orange Cassidy's influence <laughs> on the teaching sessions. <laughs> I... So I, I thought this was a mess. Like, I, I, I'm i finding myself so turned off by any of the Hardy family office stuff now. 
they're just like it's just it 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 doesn't go anywhere. No, it's just it doesn't. <laughs> it's the same thing for months. I just hate it. <laughs> it's I think I feel like it's ruined Private Party. Yeah, I'm really sad they kind of got sucked into this this storyline because they I never see them anymore, and when I do see them, it's I don't know. They're just not as fun. I think Isaiah Cassidy is hilarious when he does his like pterodactyl shriek. Mm -hmm. That's great. I, I liked, I I liked the baby faced Hardy party um, trio a lot more than this. Yeah. They were a lot of fun and I just, I don't know. Like Matt Hardy is the primary wrestler. Doesn't seem great. That's the thing. It's like, (laughs) it's like he's not, he's not an effective manager because he is still the star of his stable. Yeah, and it's not great. <laughs> he's not he's not accenting the other people to like make them shinier. He's still the one like getting the big pins in these matches and stuff and it's just like, come on. Yeah, I I'm with you. I mean, yeah. uh, Private Party got sucked in. I thought they had a lot of potential to be a regular on Dynamite. I know that the hybrid two are not obviously on the same level, but I still really like seeing them periodically. And now they're in this mix for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's not as fun. No. So yeah, I did like orange Cassidy doing the Hardy boy impression where he got on the, the lowest rope and did the like finger like, and then fell on top of Matt. Hardy. Oh, is that what that was supposed to be? <laughs> It was the Orange Cassidy version of it, I yeah. Okay, I totally didn't pick up on that. That is funny. Okay. Yeah, and um, I, I thought a highlight for me was hearing Chuck E.T. chants because I just, I missed Chuck. And apparently the crowd was very into him. We're in Britsburg, which is Chikara land. And I've, I guess still close enough to maybe Kentucky that he's got his base of fans. Well, he lives. I mean, he lives in Philadelphia, so he's. Oh, that's true. He's, he's, he lives in the same state, although I assume like there's some level of like hatred between Pittsburghers and Philadelphians. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Pittsburgh hates everybody. I think, yeah. but I just I was happy to see him back. I I kind of have missed him, and you know, I'm glad the crowd really liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other kind of angle that I think happened here was that the bunny and Chris Statlander got into it on the outside at one point and then Nyla Rose out of nowhere just ran out and attacked Statlander because they have a match coming up tonight so yeah that happened but yeah overall like this match was like I don't know man like it was like a match (laughs) yeah that's it was a match whatever like we've given I think we've given it more than it's due so all right, well, let's go back to Dasha Gonzalez, who is talking to Andrade El Idolo and his pal Chavo Guerrero. Um, Andrade apparently considers Pac to be very ungrateful, considering all that he's done with the limos and such. And he says Pac better be careful what he wishes for when he's talking about having a match. Chavo jumps in and is like, Andrade, you should make Pac pay at All Out. And Andrade's like, he takes a moment to look at Chavo and say, you know, I'm the boss. You don't tell, like, essentially, like, you don't tell me what to do. But also, he accepts this suggestion and, I guess, is okay with this match happening. So, I don't know if this gets officially booked or not, but this is what they're saying. 
I'm pretty sure it is officially booked. Um, okay. I, you know how, so so Andrade has a manager because he's not that strong speaking English, right? Right. Okay. I know you like Chavo. Just at like a baseline level. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's weird that you would, your solution for Andrade and his weak English is to give him a manager who, while more fluent in English because it's his first language, is less charismatic while speaking English than Andrade is. I, like Vicky, Vicky is insane, but at <laughs> least, but she is, she is not uncharismatic. No, well, she, she's loud. Uh, no. So the answer is obviously Ric Flair needs to be his manager. Clearly. Well, don't you think that's? I mean, if they're already hinting to Andrade being unhappy with Chavo's yeah, level maybe. of interference, yeah, that maybe. if nothing else, maybe he's going to kick him out. I would. I wouldn't. You know what though? Like, like if I was a prospective manager, if I was Smart Mark Sterling looking to expand my, uh, you know, my my stable, I don't know that I'd like want to deal with Andrade because it's it's not a like there's not a lot of job security in that role. No, but Smart Mark really likes to basically do whatever like he he takes that like submissive role of being like you tell me boss you tell me like jade has him under her thumb and he's he's happy to be there he's the anti matt hardy as a manager (laughs) yeah exactly he's like i'll i'll go do whatever you need me to sure sure." like and i feel like that's that is maybe the type of personality andrade wants to have as his his manager i know they weren't on this show but man, and I know that all they ever do is those backstage promos, but I love Jade and Smart Mark Sterling together. Yeah, I love when he's like synergizing opportunities yes. and getting the brand out there. Yes. <laughs> it's great. Hashtag that bitch. Exactly. He won't Hashtag say Jade it. Hashtag Jade brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you're right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like Chavo because I, I just feel like he seems nice i don't like my judgment is purely based on like that guy seems nice i think he is nice (laughs) so yeah i wish him no ill but he hates donald trump i know that about him well then keep him around like just have him do stuff but yeah um maybe there are cracks in this relationship yeah there are cracks in this relationship i think pack and andrade are gonna have a really great match on pay-per-view if if, if they get like 15 minutes i think they're gonna tear it up hell yeah and yeah, Andrade, I want to see you wrestle in less distracting gear. <laughs> that was my issue with the last match. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think he's going to be black mask every match, so. Okay. But yeah, I think um, the two of them, it'll be good. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So we've got that to look forward to as a non-title match on All Out. Um, next up, we get a really quick promo from Santana Ortiz. They say that basically FDR at the first sign of trouble took their ball and went home. The first sign of trouble being like Cash Wheeler's arm exploding with blood. God, they showed <laughs> yeah. it again. I know they keep showing it. It's very dramatic. Um, apparently where Santana and Ortiz come from, blood happens and you just patch yourself up and you move on. You so, wrap that shit up. Yeah, they're like, what up, bitches? Like, get out here. There was no response from FDR. This was all Santana and Ortiz joint. 
So it's weird. It's weird though, Megan, because in in the match that they had, FTR did finish the match and they won the match. Yeah, but now they're not showing up for their next match. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like. Santana and Ortiz are pissed that FTR, two two boys from North Carolina, tried to compare their background to them, and it's like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Showing uh, the image of Cash Wheeler's arm being ripped open doesn't signify to me that he's not tough, though. I will say that, like, I would have passed out. <laughs> I would have been done. So I don't, I don't know if Cash can. I don't know when he'll be back, but the like the further away from the first match in Charlotte we get, the more I think that it makes sense what happened there because I, I was looking at it as like proud and powerful win, proud and powerful challenge the bucks it all out, but that's clearly not where they were going. So I think what they're doing is proud and powerful or a FTR win in their hometown in, in North Carolina. And now you do the rematch at the Arthur Ashe show in New York. Oh yeah. Oh my God. The heat yeah. on that match. Yeah. And then, and then that's yeah. where, that's where, Proud and Powerful get their big win in front of their, like, their, you know, hometown fans. Okay. I hope Cash Wheeler's arm is okay. I do, too. I, that's, I mean, that's kind of, that's the the deciding factor here, right? Like, is like there, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they're just bullshitting about, like, how bad it was, you know? Yeah, has there been, like, no news on the fact that, like, like, I know that there was a lot of blood, and they keep showing it, and it's gross, but ultimately... Do we know if there's like deep mus- muscle damage or if if it's just a matter of stitches and you let them heal and then then you're okay? Like like I'm still really curious, did that cause permanent issues or or bigger problems than just like a flesh wound? I do not know. Um I think I want it because he's like a pretty frequent uh, tweeter. Unless his arm was unable to type so, with his thumb. I just want to see if he's. He has. Oh no! The silence worries. Okay, he no, he tweeted. F, uh, yeah, FTR hair tweeted. Um, tweeted like a week ago okay okay so he must be okay i hope so that's such a weird freak accident that you don't ever anticipate yes he got he got on and and talked a lot about bobby eaton once but when bobby eaton passed away so oh okay yeah okay yeah yeah. yeah, i'm sure he's okay i'm sure i hope so i hope so Okay, well, hopefully that that match goes good, like, as you laid out, because I think the New York Heat would be amazing. Uh, for now, we have a match between Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander. Chris walks out with her best friends, all of them pretty beat up after the, the match that they had very recently. Um, Chris is facing Nyla, and she actually gets the win with an area 451. Chris Statlander is very strong. She, she hoist is Nyla up for some moves where I was like, God damn. I, so they, they only went like three minutes, but they packed so much into that three minutes. Like, like I thought this match was really awesome. Um, it was all action. 
they hit all their spots. There was this one, uh, there was this one great spot where uh, uh, Chris did a um, like a back bridge. Yes. And Nyla just like speared her. <laughs> just yeah. Cut her, cut her in half with a spear. There was also a great bit with uh, Vicky uh, shrieking at Orange Cassidy, and Orange like had to cover his ears, and <laughs> he really sold it. <laughs> he damaged his eardrums for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was clearing yeah. his ears after after the match, even like sticking his finger in and be like, I can't quite hear. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a really good match, actually. I did too. And I think Chris Statlander is awesome. Like Nyla has come very far. I I think she's great, but also like I think Chris Statlander was on the rise when she got injured, and I'm glad to see that she's back and I hope that she can start playing a bigger part in the women's division. Yeah, I wonder if this is a setup because she's ranked number two right now. So I wonder if this is maybe a setup for her to be Brit's challenger at the pay per view. Oh, that could be fun. Mm-hmm. That could be a new combo. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully, yeah, it was quick, but I enjoyed it. Um, after that, we go backstage to the Young Bucks like personal basketball area. The Bucks have dominated for the past year, and Nick says their match next week against, you know, Jurassic Express will be as easy as a layup as he goes to do a layup. And then from the side, in comes the giant Luchasaurus who just, like, faces this man. Like, he he just puts his arm out and slaps the ball away. (laughs) So the layup does not work, and then Jungle Boy picks the ball up and makes the shot. And uh, Matt, who is on the ground, calls foul, and Brandon Cutler stupidly says, no, it wasn't foul, foul was totally fair, and then Nick's like, shut up, Brandon! So, it was just fun, fun times. It was pretty great. They seem to really enjoy having that uh, basketball hoop set up, based on, yeah. based on BTE. Yeah, and um, they, they had cut in a segment on BTE with the what is it talking shop or shop talk? With yeah, the, talking shop. The the Good Brothers podcast. Yeah, where they like broke it down and and that uh, dynamite last week. The oh, that amazing was, yeah, that amazing pre tape they did. Yeah, two takes and they yeah. were done. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. It, it so, really is. Yeah, and Nick Jackson, I I don't understand his ability to sync shots. A lot of practice. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Okay. Well, moving right along, we get a quick segment where Britt is here. It's Britsburg. And she's here to basically say, hey, Rampage starts next week. And so <laughs> Red Velvet, or no, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry. Uh, this is a Red Velvet video package where she talks about how she respects how far Brit has come and she doesn't, you know, she respects her, but she doesn't have to like her. She hates having her as the champion and she is here and has proven herself to show who she is in AEW and it's taken a lot of hard work. So she's here to beat Brit. Do you want to say hi, Jenny? Hi. Hello. Hi, Megan. Hi, listeners. Jenny, do you think Red Velvet's going to beat Britt? No. Okay. I think you're you're probably correct. 
<laughs> are you, Jenny? Are you excited for the uh, the premiere of Rampage tomorrow night? Very excited. Okay. <laughs> Why are you very excited? What's the match you're excited for? I have no idea what's on Rampage tomorrow. <laughs> well, it'll be like a it'll be like a fun mystery box. That's for you, right. right. Yeah. 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 I'm just very excited to maybe do something other than work for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That is worth celebrating. Definitely. All right. Well, you guys enjoy your recap. All right. Thanks for the pop in. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, that was a short video package preceding the segment I thought I was talking about. Okay. The segment I thought I was talking about is the one where Tony is interviewing Britt Baker, Tony Schiavone, out in the ring area. And Britt Baker gets to walk out, and I thought it was touching. What a difference a couple years make, because Britt fucking owned this crowd. They loved her. They had their own Britt Baker version of the Terrible Towels, which I only know in the context of Bengals football games where stupid Pittsburgh was waving their Terrible Towels as we frequently lost to them. Yeah, so, I've, as a Browns fan, I've well, as both a Browns and a Bengals <sighs> fan, I've experienced it many times. Yeah, so Brit, but Brit has her own version, and I'm okay with them. Um, Brit says she can't relate to Red Velvet's story about having to like work her ass off to get where she is because she's always been at the top and always been the face of the AEW division. Um, she says, "Hey Pittsburgh, it's been a really tough year, but I'm here to present you with hope." As your representative, Pittsburgh loved this. And then she says, Red Velvet, you might have hope if you were wrestling against me in any other city. Because as you know, they will be wrestling on Rampage in Pittsburgh on Friday. It looks like Britt's going to get through this whole interview without issue. Her music hits. Everyone loves her. Terrible towels are waving. But Red Velvet runs out and starts attacking her. A bunch of refs have to run out to separate them. Um, clearly this is a contentious feud going on and their match on Friday will probably be very intense. What do you think? Good stuff coming Friday. I think they will have a good match and I think that the crowd will elevate it to be something special. Now you could say that as if you are not fully faithful that these two could like Brit. We like Brit now. And you've said you like red velvet. So what is the hesitate? It feels like there's a hesitation. They're both really green. Okay. You're true. (laughs) I am true. True. You true. (laughs) But Brit has, uh, you don't think Brit's gotten some experience this past year? I know, absolutely, but I, I, you know, it's still, it's still nothing like Sheeta. It's still nothing like Riho. I guess. That's and she's true. and she's not in there with Sheeta or Riho. Yeah. Or Serena Deeb. You know, like I, I, I think it's gonna be a good match. Okay. Really? And I think the crowd's gonna love it. I think it's awesome that they're gonna get to main event. Yes. Yeah. Now they're main eventing. Yes. That that is one thing that's really cool because Christian is challenging for an Impact title. Mm-hmm. So they rank Impact titles below AEW titles, and I like that. 
I think that's fair, yeah. No, good. The women get to go on main event. Cool. I want some Impact women to come to, like, to AEW. I, like, I think Deanna Perrazzo should bring her Impact Women's Championship. And, I was uh, just going to ask you. Stir who, some shit up. Who yeah. is big on the Impact Women scene at this point? Uh, well, Deanna Perrazzo. Yep. Um, I think Mickey James is starting back there. Okay. Uh, let me actually look at their roster because I don't want to, because I don't want to be like out of date. Um, well, because I was I was about to counter with you and say Camille is coming over, but then I realized she's NWA. She is NWA. Uh, Chelsea Green is back there now. Okay. Uh, let's see who else. Jessica Havoc is like pretty cool. She's like a heavyweight um, women's wrestler. Jordan Grace. Have you ever seen Jordan Grace? No. That name sort of sounds familiar. She's cool. She's a power lifter. Oh, cool. Okay. She one time, um, and like I think maybe like the last King of Trios for Chikara, she did a uh, she did a team with um, uh, Scott Steiner and Petey Williams, and they were all like they were all like Big Papa Pump chainmail wearing uh, themed. Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, Kimberly. Oh, okay. I know her. Is in that division. We know someone who was very obsessed with her. Uh, Rachel Ellering. Paul Ellering's daughter? Uh-huh. Was she in a Mae Young classic? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rosemary. I don't know if you know Rosemary. Uh, I don't Taylor know. Wilde. Uh, Tennille Dashwood. Oh, okay. Know you her? Know uh, yeah, so they got they got some people. Yeah, get them over here. Yeah, I would. I I think that'd be great. It definitely. I mean, it seems like the relationship with Impact is going is going great. So. Yeah, I'm all for it. Like the cross promotion with NWA and, um, to a more limited extent, New Japan has been working out well. I think so. I'm into it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how Brett does. Obviously. I think she's going to win. But from there, we go to get an update on Team Taz. Ricky Starks says he and Brian keep missing each other. Apparently, he and Brian Cage cannot cross paths um, until next week on Dynamite. Brian says he will be there alone. Or no, I'm sorry. Ricky says he'll be there alone. No Hobbs, no Hook. I'm assuming Taz will be on commentary as he normally is. But... Ricky claims he's going to be alone, and Brian Cage says he doesn't believe him, but I still think this match is going to happen. And then we close with Hook whistling and doing the thumb across the throat, like death motion. I mean, that's the Brian Cage motion. I think that's uh, it's foreshadowing. But Hook's not supposed to be there. When are we going to see Hook wrestle, Megan? I don't know. Maybe, I... oh, you know what? Taz is from Queens. Maybe Hook debuts on the Arthur Ashe show. Okay, like I thought a while back you had heard rumors that that Hook and Arn Anderson's boy were both ready to go. And I know we saw an Arn Anderson son match. I forget his name right now. But um, Brock Anderson. Okay, but we haven't seen Hook. And Hook has been on more Dynamites than Brock has. Definitely. Like I don't think Brock's been on Dynamite since his match. 
Yeah, so like what's what what are we holding back for here? I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. Get him out there. Maybe New York will change everything. Maybe. Hopefully. So yeah, that's where we stand with ta- Team Taz. Uh after that, we get oof, we get the Impact Tag Title match. Evil Luna and Stu Grayson versus the current champions, the Good Brothers. The Good Brothers retain. I don't know what's going on in Impact with their tag division because I don't watch Impact. I've actually been thinking about starting to watch Impact because they've got Whoa. they've got well they've got fans back now and uh, and you know and I have trouble with like no fan wrestling but um, but since they're working so closely with AEW, I've kind of thought like maybe I should check it out because like Kenny's their champion for God's sake. Um, yeah. But anyway, I don't. But I don't. I haven't done it yet, so I don't know what's going on with their tag division. So maybe there's a good reason that the Good Brothers can't lose the tag titles to the Dark Order. But I thought, I thought there was an outside chance the Dark Order would win, and I thought that'd be pretty cool because, like, then you could have Uno and Grayson go over to Impact to do stuff. I actually thought there was like a decent chance too. Yeah. So, I like I like the match too. I thought I mean like that Stu Grayson is something else. He's what an Stu athlete. Stu Grayson rules. I wrote it in my notes. <laughs> uh, no, I'm a big Stu Grayson fan. Unfortunately, Stu Grayson is the one who gets pinned because <laughs> he gets magic killered. Yeah, which was it's unfortunate. Easier to hit him with that than Uno. <laughs> yeah, tough to get that big boy up. Mm. Um. Yeah. But I like the match, and I, just, I don't know. I kind of was rooting for the Evil Uno and Grayson to win, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, We had Scott. Demore. Okay. Yes. Here on commentary, putting over Impact real hard. Um, I don't know. He was fine. And then there was a point where Frankie, the elite hunter, Kazarian um, ran out and took Brandon Cutler out. He dragged him to the back after Colt punched him in the face. So I don't know what's up with that, but Frankie once again makes an appearance. This time he doesn't get beaten up. It's going to bother me until the day I die that Frankie Kazarian lost to Gallows in that in that like total throwaway match. Yeah, I... I agree. <laughs> I think it's dumb. And also, like, now what is he doing? He's still just sneaking around. When do we get Frankie Kazarian, the elite hunter, making a big move here? I have no idea. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, no, if it doesn't happen, then what's the point of all this? I, I don't think there's a point. <laughs> I think they fucked up. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> not what i want to hear not at maybe, all maybe brian danielson will be his elite hunting recruit <laughs> if frankie and brian team up to go after the elite and take the tag titles i'll be fine with that yeah <sighs> all right well from there we go to a very quick promo from camille of nwa championship fame and she is cutting a promo on Layla Hirsch, but what I think this serves to do is just show how cool Layla Hirsch is and 
I don't know anything about Camille except she's bad at talking. And Layla Hirsch looked real cool and badass with all the shoot wrestler training shots they gave her. So um, to me, this promo just showed that Layla should win. (laughs) You know, the funny thing is, and I don't know this because I don't watch the NWO or NWO, I don't watch the NWA product, but um, there was a lot of people on my Twitter timeline last night saying that this was the best Camille promo ever. Which, oh God! Which which, which kind of concerned me because I just thought like this is just like there was like a nothing promo and uh, apparently that's the best she's ever done. But she she doesn't seem like she connects with the camera. Like she seems like she's reading something off yeah. screen, and I don't know. It just wasn't good. And then you cut to Layla Hirsch being a badass, and it's like I don't really want you to win, Camille. I like that. Um, I think it's. I think it's cool that they're doing that. Uh, all women's pay per view, though. It's like kind of like, seems like it's a shimmer show with a budget. Yeah, and I'm into that. Or like um, WWE's Evolution pay per view without a budget or the smaller budget. Yes. Yes, but, it uh, sounds less prestigious when you say that one. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah. I hope Layla wins. I don't know that there's a chance she'll win. I don't know if the NWA is into just continually giving stuff to AEW. I wish they would give their world title to Kenny. He needs more belts. He doesn't have enough. Oh, well. That's where we leave that, though. So, following that, we get quite a segment here. QT Marshall promised tony he was, you said that like the segment's not great so i'm very interested to hear your perspective on this great segment okay um <laughs> i think qt is mm. okay so qt is here and um if you remember a couple weeks back he had promised to apologize to tony for dumping energy not energy um like protein shake on him yes. and and so he didn't do that last week. I don't know why he got bummed. Probably because it's dumb. But he's here this week to do it. And uh, he is here also with Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado, his boys. In the middle of the ring, he says, hey, Excuse Tony. Me. Excuse me. Mr. Freak Beast. Mr. Freak Beast. I'm sorry. Nick Camarado, Nick Mr. Freak Beast. Uh, Aaron Solo. He doesn't have a nickname. So they're there. Aaron Solo after Bailey dumped his ass. Oh, that's not a nickname he wants to advertise, though. <laughs> and where is Anthony Agogo, the best member of this team? The governor? Where the gov? He's in Ingerland. Oh, bring him back. So, okay, we've got this crew. QT is... I don't like... <laughs> yeah. I don't know that that's a hot take. I just don't. And so he's out there and he... Um, he's like, Hey Tony, you know, I said I was going to give you an apology, but I actually think you owe me an apology because I'm awesome. And Tony's like, what the hell is this? And then he goes, but never mind, I am going to give you an apology for what's about what I'm going to do to your son though. Like, it's not about the energy drink or whatever. He's like, I'm going to like mess up your kid. And so Nick, I'm sorry, Mr. Freak Beast goes into the crowd, pulls out a gentleman who has been featured heavily, like in the in the front row 
up to this point in the show with no mention of who he is. Turns out it's Chris Shivani, Tony mm-hmm. Shivani's son. Come, Mr. Freak Beast pulls him into the ring and QT gives him a stunner. This poor man who presumably doesn't know how to wrestle. He gives him a stunner after Tony like apologizes and begs for his son's uh, life, basically. It's true. Tony treats this like a full-on hostage situation. He's like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'll say anything you want, please. And then, yeah, Chris gets stunnered. Is Chris a wrestler? Or is Chris just a bystander who learned how to do this one move? Well, QT said that, like, he, he kind of offhandedly said, I hear you want to be a wrestler or something like that. Like, so... So maybe he is like he's one of those guys who's like training with QT. Okay. Well, he takes the stunner. That's fine. But this really pisses off Paul White, who's in the back. And then we get his music hitting. He will not stand for this. The giant comes out. Paul White makes his way to the center of the ring, and QT Marshall, like the true coward he is, hurls Aaron Solo at at Paul White, who does his giant choke slam on him. And then glares at QT. Um, but luckily off to the side, Tony is comforting his son who appears to be okay and doesn't need medical attention. So um, all in all, I learned that maybe Tony's son is going to be a wrestler and maybe Paul White's going to kill QT. But also, like, I don't care about QT Marshall. Okay. You do care about Tony Giovanni, though. I do. I didn't want his son to die. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> It it mostly this just made me wonder. So is Chris Shivani in the AEW like coming like system to come up the the ladder, or is this just a one time event where like, is Chris Shivani just hanging out in Pennsylvania? No, I assume he's at the Nightmare Factory training with you know QT and Cody and the boys. Okay. Okay. Hook. Oh, shit. Hook's Hook first match. Brock Chris Anderson and all Chris those guys. Money. I, uh... Yeah. I I was excited by this segment. I thought it was cool that... I thought it was so cool that Paul White came out to defend his commentary partner. Okay. I mean, I do like the... The defending of his commentary partner. But, so, what do you... What do you think ultimately this is, though? Like, what was... Is Paul White going to wrestle QT Marshall? Yeah, they could do that on, like, one of these dynamites or something. Have Paul White just, like, fucking crush QT with a choke slam real quick. So Paul White's return to the ring is to... Is to crush QT Marshall? Maybe. Or maybe that's, like... Maybe you do that and that's a setup for a bigger match against, like... Where he can, can like, put over Anthony Agogo or something. Oh, or yes, or Camarado okay. even. You've sold me. Bring in yeah. other people and you've sold me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the nice thing. That's like, I feel like, I know you don't like QT, but I feel like the the reason he's good is because unlike in the Hardy family office, I feel like his people like actually shine. Yes. Not Aaron Solo so much, but I don't know that there's much there. But but like, but like Camarado and, and especially a go-go, you know? Yeah. I mean, I miss a go-go. I know you love that freak beast. Poor yeah. Solo, getting lost. I think it's cool that the Mr. Freak Beast is a CPA like my wife. He's a CPA? Yeah. Good for him to have something to fall back on. Yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. 
he might not be a CPA. He's an accountant, but I know that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean he's a CPA. But yeah. still, yeah, respect for his numbers, love. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I hope this leads to something I'm more interested in. So I'll yeah. say that. Um, after that, we get a very quick recap of what happened on AEW Dark Elevation that broke my heart because Jesus. Joey Janela, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you betrayed your partner, Sonny Kiss, and it's the worst thing I've ever seen, and I'm so mad. Gave Sonny a pile driver right in front of the fans there. That was bullshit, and he was so proud of himself. Ugh, I was so mad. Totally disgusting. I wanted these two to be best friends and teammates for a longer time than they were, and I wanted another, like, gas station... <sighs> ass kicking video <laughs> where where was the follow-up that was pretty great <laughs> and now they're broken up i'm so mad Ugh, i hate it i hate it this was that was this was like the worst part of the show <laughs> so i'm gonna move past it and try to control my rage um next up we have gotten to the main event this is the Five Livers of Jericho, Chapter 4. Chris Jericho versus Wardlow. I guess the stipulation for this is technically that MJF is in Wardlow's corner. I feel like this is one of the weakest stipulations ever because isn't he kind of always in Wardlow's corner? (laughs) But Chris Jericho, um, surprise, surprise, gets the win. He does the Judas effect. But leading up to this, Wardlow, he didn't quite go to Suplex City, but he fucking powerbomb the shit out of Jericho and I thought that was kind of fun Jericho's belt broke and then he spent a long <laughs> time adjusting his pants yes he did I thought this was uh, a bad match <laughs> I I think I think poor Chris I don't think he's holding up well to this uh, schedule of nope. wrestling every week in singles matches Um, and I don't think 51-year-old, tired, out-of-shape Chris Jericho is the best opponent to carry young Wardlow at this uh, at this point in time. I also don't think young Wardlow, even with all his stamina and muscles, can carry, literally carry, 51-year-old Chris Jericho. Like, no. Getting him up for a couple moves was clearly a challenge, and then the pants fell off, and it was like, what is happening? So Jericho finally hit him with the Judas effect and, and, and penned him. After uh, some uh, MJF attempted interference backfired, but I after the match I thought okay that was not good. I think that the labors were pretty cool overall. It was a good idea. I'm glad they did it. It's it's a bummer that it ended on this note, but whatever. They got through their story. Now Jericho needs to lay off the booze. And get in the gym for the next couple weeks so he can be, like, in, in good shape and rested and, and fit for his match with MJF at, at All Out. And then <laughs> they informed us that this match is happening next week. Well, you know, he could rest for a week, I guess. I guess, but, like, I mean, he's been able to rest for a week between all the other matches and he's just gotten progressively worse. <laughs> It is tough to watch, yes. I, yes, I don't want to body shame because I think that's unfair. 
But as all I've said over and over, his cardio is terrible. And you are a professional athlete and you need to be able to not get gassed. Because there are plenty of other athletes who, like, freaking Otis Dojovic, he's he's a larger gentleman, but he can go. You know, like, you have to get that cardio aspect down. And I think that's where Jericho, whether it's because he drinks and parties a little too much or whatever. I don't even want to say too much because I, you know, I I enjoy my glasses of wine and whatnot. But I am not paid a lot of money to be a professional athlete and I just think Jericho the last couple weeks has not shown up in a condition that is his best for wrestling I'm looking at the Fozzie tour dates right now uh oh he is he has a concert on September 4th in Belvedere Illinois so that's the night before All Out. I don't okay, know how but, close Belvedere is to Chicago, but probably, you know, like, obviously, if you're in the same state, you're... Close you, enough. You'd be fine. And then he has a concert in Wisconsin on the 6th. So the 5th is open, so that is not the reason this match is not happening on the pay-per-view. So I have to feel like they have an idea for something, because I can't imagine both of them are going to be off the pay-per-view. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I, I this expect- all-out lineup is a fucking mystery to me. Um, okay, I want to ask you about it, but I will say this: this match ends afterwards. Sean Spears attacks Jericho. Sammy Guevara has to run out to save him. Wardlow and Spears um, handle Sammy while MJF puts Jericho in the salt of the earth. He's his arm is in trouble, and finally Hager runs out to make the save. MJF and company retreat. MJF stops at the top of the ramp to announce his next stipulation, which is that when Jericho faces him, he cannot use the Judas effect. And as a morale killer, he cannot use the Judas entrance song that he so loves and that the people love to sing to. So he has to walk out to silence. Uh, All that is to get to the fact that Doc Samson, Samson came out to tend to Jericho. As the show was going off air, Jericho was cringing and holding his arm, and I don't think he's legitimately injured, but I assumed that this was setting up not having a match directly next I don't know, like, you know, like some sort of like, uh-oh, Jericho can't wrestle next week because his arm is all messed up. But that's no, not how they used gonna, it. I think that's the point. Like, he's just at such a disadvantage, you know? Yeah, but so if they wrestle next week, then, like, what is going on with All Out? And and then my bigger question is, like, can you run down what the current all-out schedule is? Because I can't even remember. I, I can tell you I can tell you the three matches that are officially, at this moment, signed for all-out. Okay. It is Christian versus Kenny Omega for the AEW world title. Okay, tentative. It, <laughs> it is uh, a casino battle royale uh, for uh, women. Okay. And it is, which I think, I think Ruby Soho is going to be the Joker. Yes. Which is very exciting. And I have a feeling that maybe they might have licensed that song from Rancid. Uh, that'd be pretty cool, because I know that Lars Friedrichsen is, like, friends with, like, her and is, like, you know, a big wrestling fan anyway, so. Oh, shit, that's, like, the recipe to licensing a song for an affordable price. And Tony Khan has a lot of money. 
Yeah. He does it that, Megan. He does it that. Get it. So, <laughs> so, and that's a really good song. Yeah, I'm. I love the licensing trend. Yes. And. And then Kenny, right? Or no, you already said that. And then there's there's a third match. Wait a minute. I have to go to the. Oh, uh, Andrade versus Pack. Okay, that because that officially got signed. Yes. So we are. I mean, I get, we are still, and especially with the addition of Rampage, we're a lot of shows away from okay. All Out. We're not a lot of weeks away, but you know, we are a lot of episodes of television away. <laughs> I mean, you have to assume that most of the titles, if not all of the titles, will be defended, right? Like they're gonna find yeah. something to do with Miro, and. Whoever holds the tag titles, which I presume will still be the Young Bucks at that point. I mean, based, yeah, like in what we were talking about earlier, based on it sounds like maybe that might be Lucha Brothers versus Bucks, which is, you know, if not, it's always like good for like a great match. Yeah. Oh, like definitely into watching that because yeah. they all work really well together. The women's match, Brit, I'm sorry, possibly Red Velvet, but probably Brit. Who do you think? I mean, she has to get a match, right? Who? Britt. The women's match? Yeah, I think it's going to be her and Chris. Oh, yes. Okay. Chris Statlin. Okay. I just feel like normally we know more. Yeah. And I'm, I am presuming Punk's going to wrestle. Because okay. I think that's going to be like the big selling point. But yeah, I feel like we know more too. But maybe it is, you know, we have, we do have lig- uh, literally. Many weeks. Seven episodes of television between now and and the pay-per-view. So. Okay. It feels like time is flying in a weird way that it didn't last year. So I don't know. It's just, it's hard to tell. Yeah. It really does. So MJF tweeted out um, earlier today. Oh, are you having a thunderstorm? Oh, we're in a big thunderstorm. Yeah, I've been like, I've been hitting mute on my microphone whenever, like, whenever I see lightning because I know the thunder's coming right after. But man, it's like, it's it's like right, it's happening. Cool. Uh, MJF said, hearing a lot of people saying since Jared Blow won't be able to come out to his song, the fans are gonna sing him out. You people are so stupid, you can barely string together a sentence. I highly doubt you can memorize a whole song. Plus, the show is in Texas. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so he's obviously said you know he's like they're definitely gonna sing all of judas uh oh yeah which is gonna be great on tv so like so this is awesome john pollock responded and said uh this is brilliant if it works it will be an amazing scene on television next week to which mjf <laughs> replied shut the fuck up john he will come out to dead silence <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing it is amazing so i do I've, love- I do uh-huh. love, though, on Dynamite, how they literally managed to find the, like, three people in the crowd who don't know the lyrics <laughs> and focus on them and then panic and shoot away. It's like, it's not that hard. Everyone's singing. Yeah. It's not like, how many people is this your first time watching a Jericho entrance? Like, like it's the same thing every week. This week on this show, there was an ex- this poor kid. I felt bad for him. There was an extended shot of this boy who was like, trying to do the thing where it's like, I know the words, but he clearly didn't. And they <laughs> lingered on him and it was like, just cut away. Finally they did. But it's like, 
The whole thing is full of people screaming. Just find someone enthusiastically shouting the words. So sad. So oh well. Sad. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that was dynamite, right? That was dynamite. I'm, I, I feel bad that it didn't get its numbers like usual, but also I felt like there was a lot of like rampage setup in this one. There was. That is a very strong lineup with uh, like uh, three title matches squeezed into that hour. I'm I'm pretty excited to watch the show tomorrow. Yeah, I I think it's going to be good. I also don't think it's going to give me an accurate representation of like what it is moving forward, but it's going to be a hell of an opening. No, so, I think I think we're not going to really know what it is going forward until until after the pay-per-view. I think that's going to be when we get a look at what like that show really is week to week. Yes. And is the first dance, is that like some weird Michael Jordan reference to the last dance? Like what, what is that? What is it? Yes. Okay. I don't know anything about basketball, so I didn't watch that last dance documentary. You should watch the last dance documentary. Do I need to know about basketball? To appreciate it? No, no, it's just, it's like, it's just such an incredible human interest story. Okay. I've seen like gifs of Michael Jordan saying some shit in it. Like, so. Saying, I and I, t- and I took that personally. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I took that personally. It's, 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 it's fucking sensational. Like that was, that was like one of my highlights of last year was watching that documentary. It was, it's so good. It's on Netflix. Oh, I know. I just yeah. I don't know anything about basketball, so I assumed it wasn't really like for me because no, I didn't. You will. I'm not saying it'll like make you a basketball fan, but like you will get you will get really into it. Um, and there are no better like of all the of all the basketball highlights in the world you could watch. Like there are no better highlights to watch than Michael Jordan's highlights. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Those seem like the highlights for the people that casually watch basketball. Like you know who Michael Jordan is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's 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 just awesome. You'll you'll love it. Okay, I'll check that out. I just yeah. I avoided it because basketball confusion. Sure. Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. Well, um, I think I think we're gonna try to be back at some point this weekend and do like a quick rampage episode and talk about like that show and the fallout from it. Megan, you don't have to take notes. I'll I'll handle I'll handle the recap. Oh, thank God. I will casually watch it over cereal and coffee. Yeah. Saturday morning. So look out for that. And uh, and uh, so we'll, we'll catch you. We, I don't know how long we're going to do a separate Rampage podcast. I guess, again, that depends on <laughs> depends on like what that show is long term. But uh, for these we first two weeks, I think we have past, to do it. We have to get past the first dance, at least. Yes. Yeah. But I think we have to do it for these first two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, for Megan, I'm Andy. This is the Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat. E, E, Elite Beat. <laughs>